invite Sanjay to come and minister to us this morning. Those for Kids Church in primary school age, head to the back and meet, I believe, is it Joe at the back? For Kids Church, wonderful. I'll just pray for Sanjay. Lord, I thank you for our pastor. Thank you, Lord, for what he is to us. We thank you for the word that you've put on his heart. And uh, we just want to be receptive and open. Holy Spirit, just use him uh, in whatever way you see fit. And Holy Spirit, work within us to really comprehend and understand everything that you are saying to us through this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Silas. That's great. Amen. God is good. As you can see on the screen, the topic today which I want to preach is on the power of the blood of Jesus. You know, last week I was praying that uh, Lord show me what I need to preach and this was coming time and again. Um, you know, so that's why I'm here to share to you, uh, share with you the power of the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Why we laughed Paul knows is <laughs> great. You know, Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. So scripture says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. For centuries, medical science has studied the powerful functions of blood. They know it, it carries oxygen and nutrition through our bodies by circulating through our veins and arteries. It acts as a defense mechanism, you know, against infection. And in all that what science says, it has also got, you know, Bible speaks about the power of blood even spiritually. Now, in many traditions and religions, you know, they follow the act or practice of sacrifices. Even to this day and age, there are many uh, places or traditions, they have this practice of uh, sacrificing animals for the remissions of their sins. And I know, especially coming from uh, India, there are many places, even the community that I come from, um, even till today, they practice once a year, they sacrifice one goat to the gods or goddesses, you know, for the remissions of their sins. And there are many other places they do that. And also I know that there are practices uh, right from many years that has been going on, what we call it the blood covenant. You know, where people cut themselves up, and they shake hands and they mix each other's blood and make a covenant, whatever that covenant is, that we are not going to attack you, we are not going to harm you, this is the covenant that we make, you know, and if we break this covenant, you know, this so-and-so curse will come on us. And this practice has been from long, long time. Even we read in the Bible, you know, about Abraham and Abimelech, you know, they sacrificed an animal to make a covenant, a peace covenant between them. And as I said, even with different religions, they have this practice. Interestingly, I found 
that in Hindu religion, as um, many of you know that I come from a Hindu background, and in Hindu religion, there are ancient uh, scriptures or um, manuscripts which are found, which are called Vedas. And these Vedas were written like Rig Veda, Sam Veda, and uh, there are different Vedas which were written 3,500 years back. So it's about 1,500 years before Jesus. It was written. And I was surprised when I was doing some research and study on it, I was surprised to find, you know, what are they? In Shapata, you know, that means to take an oath or promise. So in that Veda, it's written Prajapati. Now, in those Veda, Prajapati means God. Okay, Prajapati, God is the sacrificer at own sacrifice. Then it also says in Rig Veda, which is one of the most popular Veda among Hinduism, it says Prajapati, God desired to become a sacrificial body in order to be sacrificed by saints. Now this was, as I said, written 1,500 years before Jesus came. And in Rig Veda 546.1 says, Like a horse, I have yoked myself well knowing to the pole, I seek neither release nor turning back. Now you need to understand that in that religion, there was a time in ancient times, they used to sacrifice horse. They used to parade this horse in different villages and marketplaces, and then they used to sacrifice the horse. And that's why it is said here, like a horse, I have yoked myself well knowing to the pole, I seek neither release nor turning back. Then here, the last one, Blood is necessary for the remission of all sin. That's what the Bible says. God freely offered this blood through sacrificing himself, so it is his own blood. And it's written in Psalm Veda. Can you just imagine, even in the ancient times, people knew God spoke. You know, if you read Romans 1, it speaks about even though they don't know God, but through creation, they knew God and they are without excuse. They are without excuse. So here in this Hinduism, ancient religion, they very much practiced that what we call it the blood covenant, sacrificed animals for the remission of sin. Now coming back to Leviticus chapter 17, which is in the Bible, if you do not know, it says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, which we read earlier, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So it says, for it is the blood that makes the atonement for the souls. Now here the word atonement in Hebrew, it is kapar. It means to cover. It means to cover. You know, think about this. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, they listened to what Satan said to do, and they did it, 
and they sinned against God. Until that time, they were God conscious, but when they sinned against God, from God conscious, they became self conscious. And they realized that they were naked. And the Bible says in book of Genesis, you know, that they covered themselves with fig leaves. They covered themselves with fig leaves. And when God came and asked for them, and then asked them, what have you done? And they said what they have done. You know, God covered them with the animal skin. Just think about this. God could have said it's fine with the fig leaves. But God must have sacrificed an animal to put that skin on them. So it basically started right from the beginning, the sacrifice of animal. You know, now I do not know that skin was still wet with the blood, covered with blood, maybe. And then God made that covenant, and we know with the Cain and Abel later, you know that Abel offered the sacrifice of animal, but Abel, uh, Cain, his sacrifice or gave an offering of the produce that he had was the grains or fruits and vegetables, but God was not pleased with that. And then he got jealous, he killed his own brother, but later God says, if you had done the right thing, what does that mean? That means God, God is trying to say, hey, I already showed you, showed it to your father and mother, you know, about the sacrifice. If you had done the right thing, you would have done well. So here, the atonement, it means to cover. Now, in Exodus chapter 24, verse 8, are you with me? Yes. Now here, we see the story of Moses. Moses used to go to the mountains to meet with God. He used to have fellowship with God. God used to speak to him. God used to give him the commandments and the laws and everything else. And he had that fellowship. But no one from the people of Israel had that opportunity. Now Moses, it says... He took the blood, that means he sacrificed an animal. He took the blood, sprinkled it on the people. He sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. So he's saying, with this blood, God has made a covenant with you. And you know, the next thing, what happens is this. In Exodus 25, 8, when that sacrifice was done, when that blood was sprinkled on the people, God says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. I may dwell among them. New Testament, what happened? Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross. He shed his blood and you remember when he broke the bread before his sacrifice with the disciples? He said, this is the covenant in my blood made for you. 
So Jesus sacrificed, he shed his blood. And then we find in the Bible where God says, what of God says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and I will come and dwell in you. Amen? Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Now we see in the scripture, we gain bold access to God in worship and prayer through the blood. You know, Colossians 1.21 says, this includes you who were once far away from God, you were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. So the scripture says, you were once far away from God, you did not know God. You were enemies of God. You were separated. Why? Because of your evil thoughts and actions that you did. Then here it says in Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, once you were separated, once you were far away, but now you can enter the presence of God because of the blood of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. And then Ephesians 2.13 says, Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been made near by the blood of Christ. You were far from him, but you were made near by the blood of Christ. In the blood of Jesus, we find the forgiveness of sin. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Matthew 26, 28, when Jesus was his, with his disciples, he said, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You remember, I spoke about the covenant, you know, in different cultures, different religions, even in the Bible that we find. Now here Jesus is saying, this is my blood of the covenant with you, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Today you're here. This morning you're here in this place because you know God. Once you were far away, once you were in your own world, doing your own things, but because of the blood of Jesus, he has brought closer to him. He has brought you into his presence. You know, then it's, we'll read some scriptures where the Bible says about our conscience is being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. First Timothy 4, 1 to 2. It says, Now the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, expressly says that in latter times, I believe we are living in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. It says some will depart from the faith. You know, and I have seen over the years, there are people who have departed from their faith once they believed in Christ, once they were following Christ, 
but things that happened in their life, you know, all the pressures and the issues that they went through, they started having doubts with God. And they all, these people got distracted with different things in life. How are you doing this morning in your spiritual life? Are you in that state? Are you in that place where you've kind of started doubting God, his salvation? Are you in that place where you feel once you were on fire for God, once you were, you know, serving God, but now you're in that place of coldness and lukewarmness? Are you distracted with many things in life? Paul says to Timothy that in latter times, or he says what the Spirit says, in the latter times, many will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. Let me tell you, we have a God whom we serve, who loves us, who cares for us, but there is also an enemy who wants to destroy your life, who wants to deceive you, who wants to distract you. Do not give heed to the deceiving spirits. And then it says, and doctrines of demons. Let me tell you, let the word of God be the foundation of your life, not anything else. There are many ideas, many thoughts, many doctrines, many teachings that goes on in the world. But whenever you hear or read about it, come back to the word of God, the Bible. That is the foundation. If it doesn't compare with the Bible, reject it. Keep it simple. Amen? Come to the word of God. And it says, the doctrines of demons will come. Then it says, speaking lies in hypocrisy. You know, we can, as we walk the Christian life, there are times when we can come to that place of hypocrisy. And we need to be careful of that. Then Paul writes, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. When he was giving this example, he's probably giving the example, you know, with the sheep or different cattle. What they do is they have their own logo or markings and they heat it up, in, you know, that it's of hot iron. They take it and put, it, put a seal on that animal. Seal with hot iron. In other versions, it says the conscious being dead. When you come to that place, that whatever we do, it becomes normal. And that's why we need to come time and again before God and say, Lord, search my heart, know my thoughts, know my ways. Show me if there is anything that is not right. And that's why we come before the communion to examine ourselves. And if there is anything that you find it that is not right with God, you make it right with God. And say, Lord, forgive me. 
And that's why Bible says, and how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to live to serve the living God. Do you go through in life where you feel guilty or you constantly live a life where you keep having that guilt? I have done wrong. I have done this mistake. I have failed. And that guilt you carry on in your life. And that guilt stops you from progressing. That guilt becomes a block for your spiritual growth. Bible says the blood of Jesus purifies our conscience. Amen? That is the power of the blood of Jesus. Whenever you feel that guilt and shame, come before him and say, Lord, cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me, Lord. And you will experience the power of the blood of Jesus. You know, the blood of Jesus, we are progressively, progressively cleansed from more and more sin by the blood of Jesus. The scripture says in Hebrews 13, 12, therefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. The word sanctify, it means to set apart. It is a process that you go through. You know, as you live your life, as I said earlier, you may falter, you may fail, you, may, you might get distracted. But God, he brings you back by the power of his Holy Spirit and the power of his own blood. He sanctifies you, he sets you apart. He sets you apart for himself. Amen. Then it says, we are able to conquer the accuser of the brethren. Do you know who is the accuser of the brethren? Not my brother, sister in the church. The accuser of the brethren is the Satan, the devil. Revelation 2, 12, 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives to the death. It says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. People of God, this morning I want to challenge you and encourage you. If you are struggling in your spiritual life, you know maybe you're not seeing breakthroughs in your situation, in your life. You know, I don't know what you're going through. You know what you're going through. You know your life. You know your struggles. The, but the good news is this, you don't have to remain that way. By the blood of Jesus, you can overcome the devil. Amen? By the blood of Jesus, you can overcome Satan. Satan fears the blood of Jesus. He runs away because there is power in the blood of Jesus. Why I'm saying this? Because I know it. I have experienced it. blood of Jesus is, rescues us out of a sinful way of life. 
First Peter chapter 1, 18 to 19 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Amen. It is the precious blood of Christ that you were saved. And the last point is this. The blood of Jesus speaks better things. Do you know the blood of Jesus speaks? Do you know the blood of Jesus speaks? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24 says, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. It says, the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel. Why Abel? Why Abel? Why Abel is compared with the blood of Jesus? You know the story of Cain and Abel? Cain killed Abel. And the scripture says in Genesis 4, 10, and he said, that is God said to Cain, what have you done? And this is what God said, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. It says, the blood of your brother Abel cries out to me from the ground. What must be the blood of Abel crying out? Maybe the blood of Abel was crying out betrayal. Maybe the blood of was crying out revenge maybe the blood of Abel was crying out hatred maybe the blood of Abel was crying out I'm deceived and here the writer of the Hebrew writes that the blood of Jesus blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel what does the blood of Jesus cries out Forgiveness, love, new life, a new covenant, blessings, breakthrough, overcoming the devil, cleaning your conscience, cleansing you from all your sins and forgiving you from all your sins from the past. The blood of Jesus cries out, setting you apart to be with God. The blood of Jesus cries out, access to the presence of God. This is what the blood of Jesus cries out. And that's why the writer of the Hebrew says, the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
and first john one says but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son cleanses us from all sin this morning now we are going to have partake of this bread and cup this bread and cup is the sign of a covenant that jesus made before his death he gathered his disciples together he broke the bread he gave the cup and he said this is the covenant i make with you and it was a time of passover because as you know when the israelites were coming out of egypt there were 10 plagues and one of the plagues was the firstborn of all egyptians are going to die the angel of death is going to pass by and it was god's judgment it was god's judgment on people but they sacrificed the lamb and put the blood on the doorpost so that when the angel of death comes he will pass by he will not harm them in the same way jesus he shed his blood and when we say lord cleanse me by your precious blood amen the angel of death will pass by that's why paul he says oh death where is your sting oh death where is your sting because i'm cleansed by the blood of jesus Hallelujah